welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. If you are brand new to the show, uh, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day. We know you have a limited time, energy, and resources. We are so happy that you are putting a little bit of that here with us today. I have another interesting topic for you today. Uh, we are going to look at, this one's going to be a little bit more clinical uh, than than some of them that I do. I am going to use some current co- cultural issues in order to uh, raise the clinical topic and make it uh, relatable in today's world but it's going to get after some stuff. So uh, if you're not prepared to be a little bit uncomfortable, uh, you might want to get yourself there because we are going to get a little bit uncomfortable today. All right, today uh, I am going to put a few things up here on the screen for those of you who are watching on Rumble, YouTube, uh, or, uh, you know, find this, this video segment somewhere. Uh, this this first shot, you're going to see uh, a plethora of people. We have uh, we have Marilyn Monroe in the middle with her famous skirt. Uh, we have Anna Nicole Smith in the middle, also on the other side with her arms way up to the sky because her big thing uh, when she was very very popular was uh, showing off her breasts. And then we have. Madonna. Madonna's in there. And then on the other side, uh, we have Dylan Mulvaney. Now, all of these things, these pictures, not things, they're people. All of these people have one likely thing in common. And if you haven't guessed it yet, it's they most likely have histrionic disorder. And you're going, wait a second. That doesn't mean I, what? Yes. Histrionic disorder is on the rise in mental health. Back in 2001, 2002, in that vicinity, the DSM-5, which is it's uh, it's what therapists like me use to uh, help uh, understand diagnosing and treating mental illness. Well, the the personality disorders um, like histrionic, and I'll give you a list of what falls into similar categories here in a moment. But in 2001, 2002, uh, it's, it was suggested it came out at about a 1.84% clip. That's what the DSM suggests. Um, and their data was from 2001, 2002. Now, I find that very interesting because we have made a lot of social and cultural shifts since 2001, 2002. Now, I was looking things up, trying to find a good data source. I found the National Library of Medicine estimates it between two and three percent now now if if we're on the low end of that that's not a massive shift but it's a big shift it's not massive but it's big if we are in the middle to the upper end of that estimate in current data and that was in 2022 uh in september of 2022 to be precise if we are in the upper end of that having a one percent shift an increase in mental health uh, association with histrionic is jai flipping enormous, humongous. 
holy smokes, that would be massive. And everything is pointing toward it's probably on the upper end of that estimate now. Now, why do Marilyn Monroe, Madonna, Anna Nicole Smith, Dylan Mulvaney all have this in common? Well, I'm going to give you some really good information about histrionic uh, disorder. What I'm going to do is give you very specifically the, the, the criteria that is necessary for histrionic disorder. So hang with me for a moment. I'm going to go through it. There's eight components. All right. It's not that difficult. Yes, you can find this in the DSM, uh, the Diagnostic Statistics Manual, for those of you who are not familiar with it. Number five, which means the most current one. It's a pervasive pattern of excessive emotionality and attention seeking, beginning by early adulthood and present in a variety of contexts. That means they are attention seekers. Well, clearly they were attention seekers. You know, you might put somebody like a Richard Simmons in that category. Um, there's others you could put in that category. But let's go on. Let's look at the details of this. The eight criteria. They are uncomfortable in situations in which they are not the center of attention. Whew. You can you can point to a lot of people who might fall into that category. You know, you look at uh, major superstars in our uh, you know in our movies, in our um, you know our singing artists and stuff. Some of them love to crawl into a cave and hide. Those are not histrionic personality disorder folks. Not at all. For those who can step out of the spotlight for an extended period of time, not histrionic. For those who can't, who their behaviors we're going to see get more exceptional as they are moved out of the spotlight, those are likely histrionic personality disordered folks. Now, pretty easy to see the connection. We've got the rise of social media, the internet. Uh, everybody can be a TV superstar. I mean, look at me here, right? Some some could argue, well, I'm putting my face on the screen. Do I have histrionic? Um, I would argue no, uh, for lots of reasons. Um, and, you know, could it be a blind spot? Yeah, it could be a blind spot. But at the end of the day, I I'm not sure what I would do if I actually was the center of attention. So chances are, I'm not histrionic because I don't actually fit the, the, I don't get uncomfortable when I'm not the center of attention. I'm just as happy hiking in the mountains as I would be doing this. Matter of fact, I'm probably more happy out there. So that would, you know, be one of those criteria. Number two, interaction with others is often characterized by inappropriate, sexually seductive or provocative behavior. Hello, introduced almost every drag queen here. Think about this. If our drag queens are histrionic personality disorders, is that a problem? Is it a problem that we highlight it? Hold that. We're going to come back to that later. Number three, displays rapidly shifting and shallow expressions of emotions. Woo. I'm going to give you some video examples of some of this stuff later on. All right. Consistently uses physical appearance to draw attention to themselves. 
Hello, Marilyn Monroe, Madonna, Anna Nicole Smith, Dylan Mulvaney. Hello. All right. Has a style of speech that is excessively impressionistic and lacking in detail. (laughs) We're going to get to that. All right. Shows self-dramatization, theatricality, and exaggerated expression of emotion. That would be like me coming in here and doing something like this. Well, hello, everybody. Let's do this thing. Today's podcast is going to be a really good one. Yeah, that's that's over the top. That's the theatri- theatricality part. Now, do I do I bring a certain amount of energy and enthusiasm? Of course. But there's normal enthusiasm trying to get people to hear and understand so that they can learn and grow in this podcast. And then there's over the top. Matter of fact, it's pretty simple. You can look at my attire, like what I'm wearing. And, you know, I, I guarantee if, if I were to ask Dylan Mulvaney about my, my appearance, they're probably freaking the heck out. Right? Because do I, I mean, did I get dressed up? I don't like, I I wear to my podcast what I wear to my clinical practice or in a, in a situation like today, I'm going to be going and refereeing some soccer games later. And so I'm wearing a nice little gray sweatshirt for those of you who can see it, you know, it's, it's not really all fancy. All right. Uh, Number seven is suggest is suggestible, easily influenced by others or circumstances. These are people who chase the high of getting attention, which means if I say, Hey, look, you're out of the spotlight. We need to get you back in the spotlight. What I need you to do is, uh, Oh, they're the jackass movies, potential histrionic personality disorders in there. Why? Oh, just get hit in the nuts, man. Let's just do that. Um, that is a suggestibility that is beyond normal. All right, there might be some other things going on with those guys, but histrionic might be part of that category. They want the attention, they want to be the center, and they're willing to do just about anything it takes to get there. Number eight, and the final one, consider relationship, considers relationships to be more intimate than they actually are. Ooh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one because they feel connected, but in all reality, they're not. Their existence is shallow and sad. So from a clinical perspective, this is a sad diagnosis, really sad. It's in line with, I told you I was going to share some of the other diagnosis in the, in the same category. This falls into the same category as paranoid personality disorder, schizoid personality disorder, schizotypal, borderline, antisocial, narcissism. These fall in the same category. I'm looking at my DSM right here for those of you watching. Avoidant personality. It falls into the category of dependent personality. I can't function without so-and-so in my life. It falls into the same as uh, obsessive compulsive. This is, this is a really, really tough disorder. This is a really tough disorder. I, my heart goes out to everybody who struggles with any of these. Personality disorders are painful. It's a hunt that will never end. 
Now, can many of them be cured over time with the right care, with the right treatment, potentially in some cases with the right uh, uh, medications? Yes. Some of them can be treated really, really well. And we know how to do that. But before we can do any treatment, people have to acknowledge, I got a problem. It's like saying to an addict, you have a problem. They're like, no, I don't. My only problem, my only problem is I can't find my drug of choice right now. Until they admit that they have an issue, steps can't be taken. And it takes extreme environmental shifts for that to occur. All right, we're going to take a look at some video clips for those of you who are watching on uh, Rumble, YouTube, and the like. Uh, hopefully, this all comes through super nice and you are able to benefit from understanding what histrionic looks like. I'm going to show an entire clip here. And then I'm going to discuss it briefly, and then I'm going to move on. All right. So the first clip, this is Dylan Mulvaney on the Bud Light beer commercial. And there's going to be some key elements that I'm going to highlight after the fact, because they scream histrionic. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Hi, impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness. And I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. This month, I celebrated my day 365 of womanhood and Bud Light sent me possibly the best gift ever, a can with my face on it. Check out my Instagram story to see how you can enjoy Mark. Good enough for that video. Why? Because it's time to highlight all of the pieces. One, take a look at the appearance. Over-sexualization. All right. They, they, they are doing whatever it takes to be in the spotlight. We have a man in a woman's clothing uh, identifying as a woman. Um, and that in itself is, is a challenge. But what did they say about the Bud Light can that really spiked their interest the most? Their favorite thing about it, a can with their face on it. This is somebody who is not well. I mean, you, you could be into them. I'm not judging that part of it. But this is a, a person who is not well. Think about those things, those eight things that I highlighted right? Those eight things that I highlighted. What were they? They're all present right here. All of them. Every single one. Okay. Next video. This one's super interesting to me because we talk about sexualization. We talk about over the top uh, behaviors. We talk about tone, volume, and cadence. You're going to get a quick glimpse. I'm only going to show a portion of this, but it, it goes through a few different things. So pay attention. If you're watching, if you're listening, you're going to hear it. You don't even have to see this to understand it.
impressive carry. There you go. I wanted you to see that first clip. Here's the deal. It's all present again. All of it. All of the diagnosis criteria. Every single thing is present in there. Let me, let me quickly review here for you. For those of you who, who are, are, are struggling to, to see or understand it. They're uncomfortable in situations where they are not the center of attention. This is a person who is wrestling so hard with becoming the center of attention that they can't live without it. Interactions with others is characterized by sexually seductive or provocative behaviors. Did you see that clip? That whole clip, for those of you who couldn't see it, that whole clip was them in a bathtub in some like, uh, I don't know, like, I don't even know what it was, but they were shaking their shoulders. They were trying to look all attractive. The third thing. Rapidly shifting in shallow expressions of emotions. Oh my goodness. It literally was happening right there. Physical appearance to draw attention, showing uh, self-dramatization, theatricality. Look, it's all right there. Now, today, I want to point to the problem. The problem with this. The reason it's on the rise is because of people like Alyssa or Elisa, I'm not exactly sure, the Heinerscheid, the executive director or something like that of, of Bud Light. Why is this a problem? Because we are going to watch how she is not just uh, being kind and accepting, but she is literally promoting illness in her brand illness. We cannot promote illness and expect that the illness will be treatable, effectively treatable. We can't do that. In the mental health world, that's what we call a problem. So listen to what she has to say about it. I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, Mm -hmm. we need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in, okay, what is, what what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly, inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important (laughs) that we had another approach. I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job. And that is the breaking point there. Let me tell you what we're dealing with. We are dealing with an executive who is not promoting Dylan Mulvaney. They're uh, attempting to represent you. You. 
That's what she said. It needs to, you need to see yourself in the product. Now that's an old uh, adage. Uh, That makes sense to me. A lighter and brighter representation an inclusive representation. And so what does she do to evolve and elevate her brand? She goes to a subsection of the population that represents a small percentage of you in order to do that. And then, you know, she get she got a lot of crap about the being younger thing because there's there's concerns that, you know, we're not advertising to children. That's not healthy. That's not acceptable, especially when we're talking about beer. So my question then is, does this represent you? You know the answer. There's very few people who this would represent. Why? Because still to this day, less than 3% are histrionic. Who want to be sexualized in this kind of manner. And focused on in this kind of manner. Dylan Mulvaney does not represent you. Dylan Mulvaney represents Dylan Mulvaney. That's it. That is a selfish perspective, not an inclusive perspective. It is not a lighter and brighter perspective. It is a flamboyant perspective designed to seduce and sexualize a product. They say sex sells. That's what they say. From a therapeutic lens, I understand why they say that. But we shouldn't be selling sex as a way of breaking down uh, histrionic, uh, narcissism, these other personality disorders. If we do, like, like somebody has to combat that. Therapeutically, we have to combat that. You have to combat that. Because the more we highlight an illness and call it acceptance and elevation and evolving, the worse our culture will become. That's just the reality. Whether you like it, don't like it, we cannot emphasize these illnesses and Call it evolution, elevation. That is an illness of its own. That is somebody taking advantage of somebody who is sick. If if somebody were in a wheelchair and they made a commercial of them getting knocked over and laughed at, would you be okay with that? That's what's happening here. Somebody is not a hundred percent capable because they have histrionic disorder, most likely. And we're all saying that that's okay. What the hell is wrong with us folks? This isn't okay. This isn't okay. My agenda here today was to help you learn and understand histrionic disorder better to understand some of the components that go into it using current 
cultural topics, which for us was Dylan Mulvaney. I don't hate Dylan Mulvaney. They're doing, they're doing what they know to do. They're living out their disorder, but they need help. They don't need this unacceptable acceptance because otherwise they in 30 years will be lonely, alone in their loneliness. They will not have anybody and it will be a sad, sad, sad existence. And if you're just going to go along with that, you're, you're part of the problem. Please take a closer look at what we talked about today. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.